Hello, and thank you for joining us once again. This is Rate the Comp. I'm Leon. I'm Andrew. I'm Joe. And this week we are discussing Beatles, red and blue. So, big artist, maybe the biggest artist. There's so much to talk about. I just don't know where to begin, but we're just going to start right here. Just shortly after the Beatles broke up, just about three years later, a bootleg compilation that was put out by somebody in New Jersey. They recorded directly off the EPs and they put out uh, this compilation called Alpha Omega. Have you fellas heard about this? It was a big deal. They were actually brazenly advertising it on television, really got a lot of sales. And the fact is that the general public was very thirsty for a Beatles comp. One did not exist. And so this compilation called Beatles Alpha Omega Got to uh, set up an eBay saved search. I really would like a copy of this. It uh, sold for 12 or 13 bucks and it had 60 tracks on it. EMI was not pleased with this because they weren't paying any royalties. This was uh, this compilation was a terrible quality comp too. They were recording directly off the LPs, but it was a huge seller because the public didn't really care about the quality of the, the music. They just wanted the music. So EMI said, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna put this together. They got everybody, well, not everybody, together, and they put together a couple of nice compilations, red and blue. They introduced a whole new generation of fans to the Beatles, maybe two or three generations. I know I was first exposed to the Beatles through those sweet, sweet 45s and also this red and blue. Any early Beatles memories you guys want to share? I remember my mom on CD, she was really excited when she got Rubber Soul, and she had help also, but Rubber Soul was always, always um, in that five CD disc changer that she had in her, in her stereo. So that's kind of my first taste. We didn't own any Beatles CDs uh, in my house um, because my mom really does not like the Beatles. I know, it's shocking. Um, she had a, a college roommate or no, a, a neighbor in her college who would just, on the weekends, blast the Beatles non-stop. And that just annoyed her, I guess. But for, when it comes to the early Beatles, my dad had a copy of Sgt. Pepper on vinyl, which I found. And I remember as a young kid watching or taping the movie Help off of the TV and watching that and enjoying all that, all that music and that wild movie. Nice. That was really fun. I remember them... Uh getting baked and playing around in the snow. I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> so there's no covers on this. The Beatles kind of got a foothold through their covers of like Twist and Shout and uh, Please Mr. Postman. What other covers are so, so good of theirs? Money. Woo. None of it's on here though, because they wanted to just have Beatles pen songs and they took it one step further. Only Lennon and McCartney pen songs. There is no George, no Ringo on the Beatles Red. What's up with that? Well, they weren't letting George do that much until Revolver anyway. And uh, I mean, the less Ringo, the better in my opinion. <laughs> hey now. Always last bill. I know. <laughs> so when you put on Red, and you drop the needle at the perimeter, you got Love Me Do. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's a good start. Great first track. What do you think? Agreed, yeah. Um, 
the the entirety of the, of the first side is good except for only one song in my opinion. Which one's that? Which we'll get to next. No, please, please me. I'm, in my notes, I put please, please no. Please, please. <laughs> please, please no. <laughs> Just I figured we'd have to make some room on these if we if we want to perfect them. So, understand. So I look for what what we can slash. That song never really. If I was going to take a song off, I guess I would go with that one as well and replace it with something that I think is definitely missing from the Please Please Me record of I Saw Her Standing There. True classic. Major, major True classic. track. And uh, I really enjoy All My Loving. I think that is one of the most enduring Beatles tracks, so I would have to have it on here. So I'm glad to, to have that included. As we move on to side two of disc one, that's looking pretty, pretty tight as well. What do you think? Um, one quick thing about that side one, though. I've noticed five out of the eight songs have the word love. Overall, I think with this comp, and this is something maybe we'll get into a little bit later, but I think red is actually better than blue, even though I like the eras of blue better than red. I think that I think that this compilation is unimpeachably great and there's so there's like so few things that i would change i think that within this era when it was when it was a hit it was to say something that the kids say slapped but anything else that was like a non-album track on like please please me or with the beatles or hard day's night eh, i wouldn't take it anyway but all the hits were just gigantic they really were i remember hearing yesterday for the first time and just wanting to hear it again and again some of those early songs they just uh the harmonies and the way they really worked together they were one of the greatest pop bands uh of of uh, that decade just really amazing i think they deserved all the accolades that they got and all of the later as you see music unfold since then there are so many other bands that you can see draw their influence from these early tracks. I went through my record collection just now to pull out the White Album because I just wanted to have it close by for this talk. And I saw so many other albums that I was like, man, that band rocks, that band rocks, but like they all owe something to the Beatles and they all owe something to this early era. This really ushered in a lot of that upbeat harmonization sort of rock that got us away from the 50s sound and into the sound that endures today. This is, these. both of these albums are double albums, so we do have a lot of tracks to get through, um, but disc two does not slow down at all. Everything is chronological. I do want to say though, one of my favorite, one of my top five Beatles tracks is missing, and it's Rain. That's a good point. That's a really good song that I forgot should be on this. Rain belongs. Rain definitely belongs. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy overall with side three, I guess, of this comp. Everything is, you know, pretty unimpeachably great. I don't know if you guys noticed um, on this right at the start of side three on Help, there's a weird intro that's not on like the Help album. But that was. Um, did you notice that? Yes. I don't know if it was just like on the LP release or 
I don't know why. There's all these funny things that they did, and uh, a little bit of George Martin, a little bit of uh, the Beatles themselves, and a little bit of the Penny Pinchers at EMI. I think that they wanted to save some of their gold for later on. They figured this, this golden goose has more eggs to lay. And why are we just going to put it all out on these two albums like this? We're going to sell the same amount of copies, whether we got, you know, what they want to hear or not. As the years unfolded, there were a lot more compilations that we will briefly discuss uh, that, that have little more bits and pieces of, of what the Beatles uh, put out. I love Drive My Car. I think that's such a, such a great track. Got to have that one. You know, I, I wrote it down as one to take off and then I scratched it out. Like, while it was playing, I was like, I'm, I'm singing along to this. Like, this is a great track. Why did I even, why did I have it out for it? Yeah, that's the one. Kate and I have a running joke where anytime we hear the songs Drive My Car, Drive My Car or Jet, uh, we were once watching um, a live stream of Paul McCartney from like Coachella or something. And we made a joke saying like, this show sucks if it doesn't start with Drive My Car. And then Kate said, yeah, and they better play Jet afterwards. And those were the first two songs that were played. That's awesome. Called it. Wait, what, what'd what you say? Sorry, it was the other way around. She said, this concert's going to suck if it doesn't start with Jet. And that was the first song they played. And then I said, this concert's going to suck if it doesn't do Drive My Car next. And that was the next one. Back to mentioning Rubber Soul. On the second disc here, you got six tracks from Rubber Soul. It's wow. Like the majority of the album. Yeah, the majority of the album. And I really do like Rubber Soul. I'm not going to say that it's a bad album or anything. I just think that Revolver was better. Yeah, Revolver got, I think, first place in uh, the VH1's uh, top 100 albums of all time. I would take out a couple of these songs for sure. Like, I don't need to hear Girl again. Oh, I love Girl. I like Girl. I like Girl. I think Nowhere Man. I would take that off too. On my chopping block. I don't want to though. I love that song. Don't I just. I think we take off Paperback Writer. <laughs> no, no way. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. How can you hate that riff? <laughs> yeah, the riff. Come on. I would. I mean, one thing that's missing from from this is uh, I've just seen the face. I think that's another major track that's not here. Yep. that I could, you could easily take off any of those songs we just mentioned and put that there. There was yeah. another track off Help, too, that I wanted. Oh, The Night Before. Oh, yeah. That's that's a killer, killer track, and you never hear it. So I guess I understand that it's not on here, but uh, it would have been a real nice inclusion. And I think that, again, these later generations that were not alive when the Beatles existed together would have really enjoyed having that track and rain on here because i mean when i heard rain it was late i was definitely in college and i was like what is this what album is this even on and you really like the todd rundgren cover of that too oh I bet. yeah oh geez todd rundgren did this album called faithful and uh it's really remarkable he took it literally and he tried as hard as he could to recreate the song just like it originally sounded and he does a cover of strawberry fields on faithful and he does rain and he does a couple beach boys tracks and uh it's really amazing how what a great job he does of, of recreating the original sound of the song 
You're talking about help. I would also add uh, I Need You to that list. That's I think Help is an underrated record in their catalog, yeah. personally. Um, I will stand up for that one, and uh, I think that that song deserves some placement. I can see why it's not there. It wasn't a hit, but it's a wonderful song. But where's the revolver on this? Like, there's so many revolver songs that should be on this compilation. <laughs> I know, and honestly... Really, and Eleanor Rigby is a good track, but if you're if you're gonna look at all of Revolver, then like I would cut both Yellow Submarine and Eleanor Rigby. Can we get the Revolver track listing up? Yeah, I got it right here. What what else is on that? Cause damn, Taxman, Taxman to start, Eleanor Rigby, I'm only sleeping, only sleeping, yeah, Love You Too, Here There and Everywhere. No, I'm only no. sleeping is top five. Yellow Submarine, She Said, She Said. Like, that's a great song. That was the first time they took acid. Uh, good Day Sunshine's always good. Yeah. And Your Bird Can Sing. Perfect two-minute pop song. For No One, Dr. Robert. Oh, for no one. Break for no one! There's too much. There's too much on that album. Uh, I Want to Tell You. Uh, got to Get You Into My Life. Come on. Yeah. And then Tomorrow Never Knows. Oh, talk about covers. Y'all heard Eno's cover of Tomorrow Never Knows? You know I have. Whoa! Seriously? Just to pay, just to pay dues to Mr. George Harrison, Taxman should have been on here. Taxman should definitely be on there. Let's take, I mean, Yellow Submarine is there because it's a kid song, I guess. And also, I don't know why Ringo is always obsessed with uh, writing about the ocean, but we'll get to that later. He, he didn't write it, even. He's just, like, singing about it. Oh, that's a... Yeah. Is that a Lennon No, uh, everything on red is Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, and you're right. The entirety of it. Yep. That's why I say tax, man, just because it's like, just get my man on there one time. Oh, I really like the album, the LP medium, because of how the beginning and ending songs on a side can be. You know, you, you drop the needle and you hear that first, and then you flip it over, you drop the needle and you hear that first, but then you hear the last, and then you get to the runout groove, and in that time when you get up and you go back over to the record player and you, and you, you know, the ritualistic thing, you take it off. I, I, I think it's just so funny that, you know, Yellow Submarine would just kind of unceremoniously end like that. I think that that's not a great, like, last track. The conceptual thing, you know, with an album is not here. I mean, this is a compilation, so you don't have to like end on a big note or something. I just think that there's better songs to kind of end. Like In My Life, for example, if that was the last song on the side, then I could hear the runout groove after In My Life. That would be kind of like thoughtful, I think. One of the coolest moments of like my musical playing life involves that song uh, with actually with Joe. We uh, were volunteering at a, a music festival and the last night it was like all the volunteers were just like staying up late with the super moon that was happening that, that night. And I played this song and like everyone joined in and was like harmonizing at the end. It was like the wildest, like most spine tingling thing I've ever felt like actually singing a song. And some beautiful uh singers there I, I was actually just re-listening to that less than a week ago it just it, it came up in like my files and i sat and listened through all of it it's it's a gold mine i'm gonna have to listen to that again 
Actually, True the end of, on the end of sides, um, ending with yesterday, uh, side two, I mean, um, side two of disc one ends with yesterday, and that's just like you're saying, Leon. But I guess they wanted to do it in chronological order, or single order, I guess, right. which, make, which makes sense, but which is typically what you do with a comp, but... I think they, they're probably, uh, just not to defend EMI or Apple or whatever, but they're probably saying like, okay, no one's buying just one of these. They're probably buying both. Yeah, so, were they sold together? They were not sold together. Were they, they were not. The CD versions, I think, were probably packaged. Not sure. They were um, notably re-released in 2010 on vinyl and right in the middle of all that nonsense about the loudness wars, they flew in the face of that and they actually re-released these on vinyl in 2010 and collectors dig them. Just FYI. There are four international versions of uh, Red, just uh, to kind of, I don't know, I think that they just saw the way the music was selling in Spain and Japan and they made some kind of changes to the track listing. Anyway, now's as good a time as any to switch gears. We get into the Blue Era Revolver. It was an aptly titled album because the whole band kind of revolved at that point. They changed the angle of incidents that they would hold on to uh, for the rest of the 60s. And like I said earlier, they crossed paths with Dennis Hopper and did Acid for She Said, She Said. And uh, that really influenced them, I think, forever. Got something in their spine and they uh, just put out more and more good albums and they just uh did not stop until the very end blue has gets into many different places many more psychedelic places i think red is a lot more of a straightforward pop tracks and uh that was not really the case for the latter half of their catalog and i absolutely love i want to take a moment to say from for album art design. I love that they took that same photo twice for both of these covers. I think that's so classic. So in the Summer of Love, we got a couple tracks from Magical Mystery Tour starting it off, Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane. Both great songs. I would not change anything about that. Nope. I love the music video for Strawberry Fields Forever. Is it just from the, the full movie? Is it just like that scene? Probably. Ah, with them and with the piano in the field and they're jumping yeah. up in the tree and pan, pouring yeah. paint on the piano. Oh was, man, the, the whole movie, this is not a very popular opinion, but the whole movie is great. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit of a train wreck, but, you know, within the right company. Is it like Purple Rain? No, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's missing a plot. Okay, it's like all the songs strung together with video. I gotta watch it. I've only yeah. seen Strawberry Fields Forever as a standalone video, so I would like yeah, to which, which movie is this? Magical Mystery Tour movie, made for TV, came out on Boxing Day, and it's like, if imagine you're over at your family's house for Boxing Day or whatever holiday, and I'm like, oh, the Beatles gonna have a new movie out, let's watch this, and like afterwards, like, you, you, you gotta sit, you gotta sit down the little ones and explain to them like with sex and drugs and rock and wow. really are. Um, I feel bad. The dog band is in it. Also, they, they do the song Death Cab for Cutie to a striptease, and she takes her top off, and there's like a censored sign. 
So like it's it's a bit racy for a for a holiday movie from the Beatles. Man. Several tracks from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which I'm not mad at. Absolutely love all these. The title track, uh, don't really need it though. I think that it's more of a introduction and also a nice bookend ending the album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. But on a compilation, I mean, if you want to hear the title track, you should buy the album, I think. Yeah, you, you can save two minutes on that side. And, and there's there's a long line of great standalone tracks that could have been in this slot. It's interesting. Uh, I was looking at the total length of the ones on red, and those are all about like 15 to 17 minutes. Uh, this one is each side is 10 minutes longer. Oh yeah, I mean, and look at the length of each individual song. Nothing breaks three minutes on red, and on this side, there's <laughs> the Hey Jude is over seven minutes long. My dad told me, uh, Hey Jude, kind of paved the way for American Pie. But I mean, maybe just when it was like, oh, it's okay to have a seven minute long single. Which came first? Um, hey, no, oh no, um, was it like Rolling Stone started like to pave the way for, for, I guess, Hey Jude probably, right? Mm. I don't know, getting away with having a five minute single. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what came first. Chicken or egg. I think this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna make it. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band sucks. No. Not a good record. There's so much, like, like there's some really good songs in it. I think The Day in the Life is, a, a Day in the Life is probably one of the, like, top five Beatles song for me. That's, Easy. Yeah. That was the song great, I was going to say. Yeah. That's great song. <laughs> Rest of the record kind of sucks. Well, that's why the compilation is so key, because think about it. It's 1973 or 75 or whatever. You want a day in the life. You can't get the 45. You can't, you know, you could buy Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, but then, like, that's the only song you want off that. So here's the answer. And you don't get the badges. That's true. You don't get the badges. I don't know. I, I think, like, when I'm 64 is kitschy. It's just, like, the whole record's just kind of kitsch. Yeah. And I know that... Obviously, it's a record that is so well-regarded and there's so much history about it. Everyone says, oh, it's the greatest album of all time. It's not even the best album in the Beatles catalog. It's like one of the worst ones, in my opinion. I just never have gotten into it. Well, I think you got to take it as it is. It's, it's like a concept. It's, it's a standalone thing. This wasn't like... It, this wasn't like a Beatles album. It was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. They, they took on another persona for this one album. Almost like how Bowie takes on different personas. Let's bring it back to episode one. <laughs> Digging through the archives. <laughs> Got some deep, deep archives. One <laughs> from our first album. <laughs> <laughs> so as now, this, this, this drop in the needle poetry I was on about, you, you flip it over to side two, you drop the needle. I want to hear I Am The Walrus. Yes. Awesome. That's a B-side. And that belongs on here. Here it is. Oh, I love it. Okay. Love the walrus. Cuckoo, kachoo. Cuckoo, kachoo, It's funny they go back to the National Mystery Tour. So they are kind of jumping around. Although they're Ooh. all from 67. Yeah, look at that. Wow, this three quarters of the first disc is all from 67. And then there's just uh, three non-albums, Lady Madonna, Hey Jude, and Revolution being from 68. I would take Fool on the Hill off of this list. Mm. I think that that should go. Yeah. I agree. 
I agree. We got enough from Mystery Tour. Yeah. Especially when you when we're when we get to the second side of this or the second disc of this where there's a lot that should be there that should, is not. Maybe an unpopular opinion. I feel like I could do without Lady Madonna. Yeah, I'll go with you on that one. I, I'll, I'll join your fight. Yeah, I could take I that off too. I won't defend it. I love Revolution. Um, I'm really glad that they took the non-album B-side and we're not taking the one off the White Album. Mm-hmm. I think that that song absolutely rocks. And I love the version on Revolution. Yeah, Revolution 1 is different, right? On White Album? I was going to say, I actually prefer Revolution 1, I think, to the full electric non-album B-side that's featured here. I didn't realize it was a it's a it's a little stripped down on the white album it sounds a little bit more raw i think you, you can cut this out if if i'm wrong about this but on the rolling stones um flying circus didn't he play revolution with clapton and mitch mitchell no it's um that's the, the dirty mac they play your blues right your blues is, that's right which should really be on this competition <laughs> yeah seems like it's not i mean i'm not gonna say that i don't like this but this is like it's it's great it's it's the it's we're halfway through blue it's great i think the first disc of blue you can't re- like as I said, there's only like one a couple things that would change i, I would just take off full on the hill and mm. I mean, maybe even Magical Mystery Tour, the song. I, mm. uh, eh, Again, it's just like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It, there's just so much kitsch in this area, and especially yeah. like uh, the last couple, the last few records uh, are, I feel like, are not well, they're represented well. But I think there's you could you could represent them more. And so I would just take these off. But besides that, disc one of Blue, really great. And rounding it out, we've got the second uh, the second disc, which has another one of my favorite tracks uh, back in the USSR, starting it off. And then we remember that George Harrison exists with While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Which is like also one of the greatest Beatles songs. Didn't you say that that was the most played song on Spotify or was it something else of his? It was Here Comes the Sun. Here Comes the Sun, the most played song on Spotify after all that Lennon-McCartney business. So I think the White, the White Album is sorely underrepresented on this compilation. Sorely. Oh, yeah, what no do you doubt. guys think about that? Absolutely. I think that the White Album is like four albums. Each side stands on its own. I remember listening to side two of disc one and it ending and me seriously thinking to myself wow that was a great album and i walk over to the record player and i was like oh i'm only halfway through this there's the second disc and it does not disappoint revolution nine an acquired taste but the whole thing totally rocks revolution nine is certainly acquired um it would have no place on on blue i don't know why they put obla di obla down that's what I was, I was just about to say. That's, that's really, the one track. Yeah, take that off. Keeping with the cheeky. 
ish from the first disc that we were talking about, but it's, it's yeah. a it's a kid song. It's a, yeah, it's a kid song like Yellow like Submarine. Submarine. Yeah. Oh, this is Carbon, which we'll get to. Even just Helter Skelter. Oh yeah, that's like one of the like the first hardest rocking songs to come out. In your face, screaming and loud guitars. It's important. And on the on a more gentler side that comes from this record, Blackbird is not on this compilation, and that's definitely one that you would, I would think that is is like a sorely missing spot. That is a red flag on the Blue Album. That's one of the first songs I learned on guitar. That's like one of the songs that everybody learns on guitar. It's so key, and it's it's one of the greatest gifts that the Beatles gave to music was Blackbird. Sure, pretty sure it's Paul that's coming out as like it being his also. Like you were aware that a lot of them Lennon McCartney, some are just Lennon, some are just McCartney, but they were you know this powered duo, so they put both their names on everything. But that one, Don Blackbird, I've heard Paul talk a lot about it and kind of what it was about to him. Even more props to Paul. Another White Album track. I really want on here is uh, Dear Prudence. Yeah, I could see that definitely being a good song to be on there. And, you know, one that Ringo is not on, too, because he left the sessions. And that's a Paul's drumming on that one, too. No way. Yeah, back in the USSR and Dear Prudence are Paul drum tracks. No, no Ringo at that point. Wow. It breaks my heart to think about how those last three albums, but especially those last two albums, were made with so much malice between them all. Yeah, it was kind of the beginning of the end. Um, one other track, um, uh, which is a bit of a, of a kitschy one from White Album that I think should be on here just because it's another great track, is Happy Birthday. I'm sorry, not Happy Birthday, Birthday, which should be the new Happy Birthday, in my opinion. We've been singing Happy birthday to you for, I don't know when the hell that song was written, but it was time for a new one and the Beatles gave it to us and we're still... Those Hill Sisters have gotten enough money. Maybe someday, birthday will supplant happy birthday when it enters the public domain. The other one that didn't even... Who who was it, Andrew, you said? The what sisters? The Hill Sisters? The Hill Sisters, yeah. Those are the originals, right? You can always you can always tell when a TV show or a movie doesn't have enough money to spend on uh, licensing songs when they start doing for he's a jolly good fellow instead of happy birthday. <laughs> I would also fight for I will uh, to be on this. Oh yeah, a quick two minute song here that you could easily sneak on, or uh, Mother Nature's Son I think is another one that I would say could be on this representative from represented from the White Album on this compilation. I got just a spot for him, too. Oh, do tell. Which Uh, song would you take off? Honestly, the second half of uh, Side 3 here. Um, Don't Let Me Down, Balachan, Yoko. Old Brown Shoe. shoe. I had to re-listen to that one this morning because it was the one that stood out like, wait, I I don't know this one with the palm of my hand. And I was like, yeah, that's why I don't. Because it's a non-album B-side. I think that, like, I, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll get into Let It Be a little bit later, but I think Don't Let Me Down's a good song, but I'm not super into that version. 
of most of the Let It Be songs, but I think that's a discussion for uh, when we get there. Yeah. My my note was don't don't let me down. <laughs> Paul would call funny. you cheeky. Final side has some great tracks. I absolutely love Abbey Road. Absolutely love it. I think it's it's uh, one of my earlier favorites. When I had not heard all of the Beatles catalog yet, I remember listening to Abbey Road over and over again. The first side is just one into another. Um, yeah, something is on here. Maxwell's Silver Hammer does not have to be on here, and it's not. Um, come She's together. So She's so heavy. Yeah. What else from Abbey Road belongs? Octopus's Garden. Octopus's Garden, it's like a kid's song, but I love it. Hey, fellas, I've got another song about the ocean. Oh, goddammit, Ringo. Well, let's Put hear it. The fridge. But I'm gonna leave again. No, Ringo, don't leave. We'll put on your stupid... Uh, you'll, we'll put on your song about the ocean. I am warning you with peace and love. No more autographs. I think that when it comes to Abbey Road, that's a, it's a tough record to put on a compilation because I think that the second half of it is like... <laughs> I would love for just like the second half of it to just be that whole suite. I think that that's great, but it's not... There's no real hits from it, and it's tough to play that on the radio. Uh, so I think the songs that they chose are probably a good representation, even though I like some others better than, our, than what's here. Do you guys see on SNL with Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney. You know, you know in that song when you said the love you take is equal to the the love you make? Is that true? <laughs> what a great opportunity to interview him in character and to say that that's I absolutely love that. I think that is one of the greatest interviews and it was meant to be a comedy piece. But he's just like so uncomfortable. It's so funny. That's it. Then we get right into they they performed on the roof of Abbey Road, and then they got in a few more arguments, and then they did let it be like how roommates who hate each other move out and hand in the security deposit. They just did let it be, and then that's it. I love this album though. I love One After Nine Oh Nine. I like you, you and me, or what's it called? You two and of I. us. Two of us. Two of us is a great, great song. It's yeah. one of my favorite Beatles songs, and I wish that that was on here. I'm not a fan of the production on this record, and maybe this is something that we talked about before, where it's about your first introductions to certain versions of songs is the one that you're going to glom onto. I did not hear let it be originally i heard the let it be naked first and i think that those versions are superior because of it's it's a little more stripped down it's a little more raw there's not a lot of production value on it like across the universe i think is one of the most beautiful Beatles songs and i really hate the, like the warbly effects that they're putting on the guitar which i guess i know i know why they're doing it because they want to make it sound more psychedelic but i think it's so much better as a plain sounding just an original sound guitar but honestly what it is about let it be is phil specter he did that wall of sound he did his thing but like i'm not really sure that it was 
the greatest idea to mix two of the behemoths to have Spectre get in there and do Let It Be because I think he kind of forced himself in on so many of these tracks. He's like, oh, I, I made the wall of sound. I can do whatever I want. And it's kind of like, well, you're like working with the Beatles, you know? But then at the same time, they were phoning it in because they all hated each other. It was just a big mess. But that's why Let It Be Naked is so key. Yeah, it's a, it's such a great look into how how they were working at the time. And, you know, it's a, a, ba- a back to basics kind of record that they were making that then just got gussied up because they didn't think the public would have liked that sort of thing. And the long and winding road suffers the most from this this production style. I think the long and winding road version on Let It Be Naked is so preferable to me. Just the entirety of Let It Be Naked. Um, I don't think there's anything that's on the original release that dominates the others. Ladder, mm-hmm. you're, you're lucky to have heard that one first. So it's just like having a like having a better first kiss than everyone else in the world. Another track up there though, um, for George, uh, I'm Mine. Ooh, yeah. That is a great track. That is, that are, there's room for that on here. There really ought to be. I'll also stand for uh, I Got a Feeling, being one that I would stand for. I understand why it's not there, of course. Not a hit, but incredible song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey? Where in the world is that? They run out of ink. Oy. (laughs) That song rocks. It does. I bought an album just because the band covers it on it. (laughs) No regrets. That, now that's the the power of the song. You bought an album just because a band covers it. Wow. Um, I want to talk about this briefly, although I'm not a huge, crazy, crazy Beatles fan. Uh, I guess Penny Lane and Hello Goodbye are in fake stereo on this. What is up with that? Please define fake stereo. I think that they took the monaural track and they just copied it twice. I can't be sure. Or we um, call it dual mono. The blue, uh, as I said, red was put out in in four or five different countries, four or five different ways. Uh, Blue was done seven times, specifically because the ballad of John and Yoko uses the word Christ in vain. And that is kind of a problem in like three quarters of the world. Any thoughts on that? Well, if if the song wasn't on there, you wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> so that's what they did, yeah. In Spain and uh, in Italy, they they did not have the ballad of John and Yoko on there, and I don't know what they replaced it with. But there's this, okay. And then the comp that I think bridges the gap between Red and Blue is a Spanish-only release called Por Siempre Beatles, and that only covers 65 to 68. So that. You're, you, you got a foot on both islands there. They got some of that late pop perfection and a little bit of that psychedelic introspection. I would love to have a copy of that. Uh, the platonic ideal of the Beatles. Right. If it's if it's only going to be one album, it might as well be 65 to 68. So that's the sweet spot right there. Now, things get a little squirrely because the Beatles are like 
seen as the greatest band of all time. So people just wouldn't take the red and blue and say, okay, that's the definitive compilation. That's the end of it. One of the interesting things that I learned about in preparing for this talk today was that Ethan Hawke did a compilation himself about all of their solo stuff. He did it for that movie Boyhood, and it was meant to be a sort of like a metaphor for divorce. And, and I think that's really beautiful. It's a great compilation. It's a, if you can subscribe to it on Spotify and listen to it, and it has so many great tracks on it. So if that's something I would love to discuss one day is things that I would take off or put on there's, that. There's it's this bittersweet feeling of, of during Abbey Road and Let It Be, you feel like they're, they're doing this music together, but like they're not really jiving. And I feel like all of their solo stuff is like they're the things that they should have done together and they're like just yearning they're just like all of them just did their solo stuff and it's like oh man even Ringo Starr even like Photograph I would have loved to have hear all four of them do Photograph you know not, not just yeah because George was the one in post you know post Beatles he joined everybody and played 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 nice with everyone like he's on he's on he well he wrote Photograph I think he plays on it too for example okay and that's a great obviously that's a great great song um but i do think that those first couple uh solo records that they all did are some of the best music they've made in their career i think that all things must pass is obviously unimpeachably great i think that mccartney one and ram are incredible um i'm not a big lennon fan after a certain point in the beatles but um, I think others are that could speak to like those records also being very good. Well, yeah, imagine, um, and and double fantasy also. Double fantasy is weird because it's like very fifty fifty between John and Yoko, and I just really really like all of John's tracks on double fantasy, and I really don't get all of Yoko's contributions to be perfectly honest. But who does? She does. <laughs> You're right, you're right. No, I, I, and I think that that Monday morning quarterback that, you know, I, if you could look back, it's 2020 vision. It's, it's like everybody, all the fans were saying that Yoko broke up the Beatles. I don't, I really don't think that Yoko broke up the Beatles. I think that it was just like time and place. You know, they just, there was, how could four guys do all those albums together and, go through all of that and get all of that acclaim and accolades and go through all of that and like still get on really well. I mean, it's just, it's, it's difficult. They were, uh, they were really forced into the international spotlight. And I think that really affected them. And I think it's so much bigger than, than John's relationship with Yoko Ono. Quote the bare naked ladies. I know that when I say this, I'm stepping on pins and needles, but I don't like all these people slagging her for breaking up the Beatles. Don't blame it on Yoki. Because if I were John and you were Yoko, I would gladly give up Music Genius to have you as my very own personal Venus. <laughs> Two anyway. other compilations I want to just briefly touch on that uh, sort of shine two different lights on them. Love songs, rock and roll music. Both of those just take one angle of what the Beatles put out, especially in those earlier years. And... Uh, 
just great, great compilations, highly suggested comps. Rock and roll music has never been released digitally. Oh, really? Huh. Got to get it on vinyl with the uh, with the shiny purple and blue cover, if you want Has, it. has Love Songs? Because now that I'm thinking about it, I Probably. don't think I've ever seen Love Songs. We purple up my discogs. Get the discogs. And also, this is very interesting. In South Korea, they did a radio promo album a few years after Red and Blue with a beautiful EMI label. They're very mid-70s EMI label. And uh, it's only got the solo material from all the stuff they've been doing since the breakup, which I think is a really cool concept. That's kind of the same as the, the Black album you're talking about? The mm. thing? Right. right. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was that. But it was actually but authorized actually. by EMI. Yeah. Really neat stuff. With all that white space between their four pictures there. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. What's the middle of it there? It's like a Sgt. Pepper looking... Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it does. It looks like that. Oh, that and, and that's that's great too. That that Sergeant Pepper's. I, I'm not crazy about that album, but that the cover art is really cool. I really like that a lot. They're standing with everybody. Iconic in all the ways it's been redone. Love songs has been released digitally, but in unofficial capacities. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay. so it's re- it released in Russia, and I think uh, yep Russia. And and seat in CD form in the United States, but it's a, a CDR version, unofficial release. Interesting. Anyway, another consideration too: the when the boys were gigging, they would uh, sometimes go over to Germany and cut it up in Hamburg, and that was how they got started with Tony Sheridan and all that. Before they got to go to America, they broke into Germany big time, and they re-recorded a lot of those songs that appear on red in German. Have you heard a lot of these? Not any of them. Come get mit deiner Hand? Oh yeah, you gotta hear it, you gotta hear it. I think some of those are on the Past Masters, right? Yes, some of those made it on the Past Masters, but I think that that would have been a nice compilation, like if it was all the stuff that they recorded that was not in English. Is there enough for a, for a whole LP? Not sure. One last compilation that I want to discuss with you guys before we part ways is one. Now, whoa, that was huge. That, I think, it could be said, did more to introduce the Beatles to a new generation than even Red and Blue. That was fiercely marketed. It was a big seller. The songs were even reworked a little bit. I remember the first time I heard one, on uh, the CD player in my dad's truck, and it was uh, the CD player that connected to the to the cassette deck, and it still it sounded awesome. It sounded so good. It sounded different than than I had heard all of those songs before. Those commercials are so legendary. I remember seeing that like that infomercial is one of the most like it's just like so ingrained in my mind from just seeing it all the time on every channel like. I remember see, like seeing it on like Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. They were like forcing it down kids' throats to to listen to the Beatles, and it's so so good. I was actually just watching a video yesterday about Beatles One, and it, but it was there's about like music formats, and EMI released in South Korea a micro SD card of Beatles One. It's like one of the newer music music formats, and they actually like laser printed the cover onto a micro SD card. Cool. 
So that, that comp is still making the rounds. And you could argue about that one, but that's all their number one hits. So that's kind of, you can just say like, why was this number one? But you can't really debate the merits of that one, I guess. No, you can't. And it cuts, it cuts to the bone of why we are having these conversations because the compilation, it distills the music and it sort of curates it for those who weren't there to buy the album when it first came out. I mean, what, why was that album so good? Why was that music so good? You don't, you shouldn't have to spend over a hundred bucks to get into a band. You should just get the comp for starters. And I think Red and Blue, fantastic comps. I am going to label them both as must-haves for any record collector. Yep. Keep them in there in case you're trying to weed out your collection. So thanks to you both for joining again. This has been a great edition of Rate the Comp. Any final thoughts? Today is your birthday. It's my birthday, too. We said hello. Now to say goodbye. You say goodbye. Right. I say hello. And in the end, the love you make is equal to. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Uh, signing off. I'm Leon. I'm Andrew. I'm Joe. And this has been Rate the Comp. You were in the, the Beatles, and uh, you did that um, album, Abbey Road, and uh, at the very end of the song, uh, it, the song goes, uh, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You, you remember that? <laughs> yes. Uh, is that true? <laughs> <laughs>